that defines like my life. I feel like it's just every day, just making, having the ability to manage your schedule and make the hard decisions and sacrifice things that you know you might enjoy doing in the present, but it might not necessarily be good for you in the future. Today on the Tournament Code, we are joined by J.M. Butler. J.M. currently plays on the number one ranked Auburn men's golf team and has broken multiple scoring records in his college and amateur careers. J.M. won the Maui Gym Intercollegiate in 2021, shooting minus 17 for 54 holes, which is a school scoring record. In 2021, J.M., also won the Kentucky State Amateur, shooting minus 18, which is a Kentucky State Amateur scoring record. I had the opportunity to compete against JM in that 2021 State Amateur in the final group, and it was one of the most fun days that I've ever had in my competitive golf career. We both played really well that day. I shot a 66. JM shot 65. He's just an unbelievable competitor, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today. We know you're from Kentucky, but tell us a little bit more about yourself and just how you got into playing golf. Yeah, so I'm from um, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and um, I'd always say I was really competitive in everything I was doing, whether it was you know basketball, football, or just you know kind of just even playing in the friends, doing whatever. I was just always competitive. I was just always wanting to. Um, kind of be people. And so I kind of got into golf at an early age. My dad played for the University of Kentucky and then played on a few of the mini tours for a couple of years. Um, and he kind of introduced me at an early age and then never really got serious into golf until I was about 10 years old. And that's kind of when I started um, playing in tournaments and really getting, really getting into it. So when you started playing in tournaments um, around 10 years old, what kind of tournaments did you start playing in? And then when did you start to get into the more regional or national junior tournaments? Yeah, so the first tournament I ever played with, played in was um, the Muscleman Dunn match play at Seneca Golf Course. And um, grew up kind of playing at Seneca a lot. And um, I played my first match against Hudson Hummel, and it was just like a nine-hole deal because um, I had to have been only 11 or 12 years old. And I played against Hudson Hummel, and it was 30 degrees, hailing, like 20-mile-an-hour winds. It was like the most miserable round of my life. And um, I ended up beating Hudson, and after the match, my dad was like, man, it was cold out there. Like, are you sure this is something you want to do? And I was like, man, I loved every second of that. Like, after that day, like, I knew it was kind of something I wanted to do. Um, I'm just a little uh, crazy. Like, that weather, like, I feel like would drive a lot of kids away, um, especially considering it was my first competition. But I just loved being out there. I loved um, the mental test that it brought to me. And I, um, I loved competing, and I loved winning that day. So that was my first tournament. I started playing a bunch of the Musselman Dunn. 
tournaments and on that tour. Um, played a little bit of the Kentucky golf, Kentucky Junior Golf Tour. Um, and then I would say um, started playing in AJGAs around 14 years old, uh, just in the Junior All-Stars and such. Um, and yeah, that was kind of the first time I got introduced into the AJGA, which changed everything for me with, um, you know, playing in national tournaments against the best players. So yeah, I would say started playing at AJGA Junior All-Stars around 13 or 14, probably closer to 14. And um, from there, just worked my way up from the Junior All-Stars to the Opens and then to the Invitationals. That's beautiful. And as you as you mentioned, AJGA is high level play, like especially at the junior level, it's serious stuff. But to play in that, obviously, you got to be a really solid player, and especially to play for an extended period of time in those. Did you take swing lessons when you were young? Uh, did you work with your dad? Who did you work with, and kind of how did you develop your game over that course of time? So the first, my first swing instructor was Corey Sith. He was the assistant pro at Louisville Country Club which was the country club I was lucky enough to grow up at. Um, blessed. Thank you for my, thank you to my parents. Um, and at, so I took lessons from Corey Stith. And when I was 12 years old, he went and t- took the head uh, pro job at Tate's Creek in Lexington. And I needed a new coach. Um, and I talked to Corey about it because, you know, I didn't really feel like driving back and forth from Louisville to Lexington. And I was so young. And um, I decided to work with the head pro at LCC, who was Scott Sedgwick. And I basically I worked with Scott throughout my junior career and throughout my high school career, all the way up to my college career. So, um, yeah, Scott told me a lot, taught me a lot about uh, my short game, helped me with my swing a bunch, um, helped me with the fundamentals of putting. And then my dad was my mental coach, and he's been my mental coach basically since I started playing the game of golf. Very cool. As far as those lessons go what was it like going off to college being on your own and having to figure out some of the i mean when you're when you get to be as good as you are a lot of the swing stuff etc you're not as concerned about it you know day to day and it's a lot of it's you know maintain and continue to develop that skill who did, did you start working with anyone when you got to college or did you more just go off on your own and uh figure out what you needed to do as you were going along yeah so i got to college and I would never call myself, I have like, I've never been a great ball striker, I would say, through my junior career, high school career. And so I got to college and our head coach, Nick Kleinard, knows a lot about the golf swing and he has a lot of connections. And so I talked to him over and over again about what I could do to make my ball striking better. And he recommended Scott Hamilton. And um, Scott Hamilton's out of Cartersville, Georgia. He's worked with, um, probably a dozen tour players and I was like heck yeah like you know I want to go somewhere and see someone who's been around tour players and has made them better and so yeah I've been working with Scott um, basically since the first month of school and uh, it's been great he's he's took taking me from a very average to below ball striker to a very high level and performing ball striker and um Honestly, I've always been a great putter and always had a great short game. It's just kind of been my ball striking that's held me back. And in the last few years, I've kind of made the changes and and still am making the changes that I need to be making. So I'm on a good, um, I have a good plan now. 
from what I know about Scott Hamilton, he's not going to be a guy that goes in there and makes huge changes in your swing. But what were some of those changes that he did make for your swing? Okay, so I got to I got to college and my swing it was kind of a mess. I was very bent over. My posture was very hunched over. Right away when I took the club back, I would drag the club. There was no hinge in my back swing. And then from the top, I would find hinge by kind of snatching the club. And that would allow the club to get set. But it also put the club in a very steep position. And from there, in the steep position out of the top, I would have to stall my hips and like basically stall everything in order for the club to shallow so I could hit the ball. And then when I stalled everything, the club would just wrap around me. And it's there's still a little left over in it. It's kind of a lot, and I've worked very hard on changing those motor patterns. That's cool. Well, you're in good hands with him, I know. I've I've worked with um, Sean Webb and Mike Renato. I don't know if you know them. They're also based out of Carterville, yeah. and they share. If you've been to the – yeah, that, uh, that facility with, back in the – storage area yeah this the storage area i don't know if you've been back to i that sure one. have yeah I know. they're great yeah they they do well and um they've had a lot of good things to say about scott and as far as those changes in your game goes i think from the outside looking in like it might not have been like as obvious uh that you were working on swing changes or anything like that because you played at such a high level uh when you were younger but you came in um uh, like in high school you like you won the 2018 KHSA state championship. You're Mr. Golf, which at a high school level is good, but as you know, college is another level. And you were all freshman team your first year. You were uh, you had a stroke average of I think 72.33. You were freshman of the week a few times. Um, so you came in playing some solid golf. And same thing sophomore year. It seems like. Uh, again, like, I don't know if it's swing related and I imagine there's a lot more going on just of skill acquisition, but same thing, sophomore year, putting together, uh, one of the best seasons that your school has seen as far as uh, scoring average goes, you had a scoring average of 70.56 and, you know, slowly climbing, climbing and improving. How much of that do you attribute to, Hey, like we made some mechanical issues, which helped reduce variance. And how much do you attribute just to, you know, putting yourself in those positions and being under pressure at and playing against a bunch of good players and getting used to it. I would say it's a lot of both. Obviously, I don't feel like I would have perform I I would be in the same place as I am today if I didn't make those mechanical changes um because I wouldn't honestly um like the, the swing I was playing with was was not going to take me to the next level and I, I don't think I could have played it at a high level with that swing for very long. I might have been able to do it for a couple of months, but not. it's not nearly as functional as my swing is now. On the other hand, I've just, I've matured a lot, you know? As I said, I've always been very competitive and like fiery and to a certain degree that's good, but I, I've always struggled with kind of um, managing that and managing my expectations and my freshman year to my sophomore year, um, I came in as a freshman, and we had the same team that we did when we went to the the semi the semifinals at, at nationals at, at um, Carson Creek. Like we had Yovan Rabula, who was a three time All American, Grayson Huff, Brandon Mancino, Wells Paget. We had all those guys, and you know they they didn't leave because they got that extra COVID year, 
and um, coming in, I just really wanted to compete against them and uh, try to beat them out for a spot. It just took a lot of grit, and I feel like I've always had that. Um, but I also learned a lot from them, playing with them, being around them. Um, I learned about a lot about leadership and maturity, and obviously, like I'm still, I'm I'm not perfect in those areas by any sense. But um, that's something I. I definitely attribute to my success from freshman to sophomore year. Kind of like Daniel was saying, um, you've really had success at every level. You won the high school state championship in 2018. You won the state amateur in 2021, and now you've won twice in college. Why do you think you've had success at every level? And what do you think allows you to like, keep getting better each year you know a lot of people may have success at the junior level or kind of right when they get to college but they sort of just plateau or decline that's a good question i would say my grit my perseverance my discipline i've always been very disciplined but the number one thing would be grit perfect let's talk about that grit you know that's something that i think carol dweck had a book about that's one of the things that when you're Looking at people's characteristics as far as long-term success, grit is one of those things that is a unique factor and something that is highly predictive because everybody comes to the table with different skills. Everybody comes to the table with different abilities, but the ability to stick to doing something over and over and stick to a process can help separate you over the long run. And as you said, that's something that's helped help go for you. So walk us through kind of how you view grit and specifically your mental approach when you're when you're playing, how you manage expectations, because it sounds like that's a key component of that. When you're out there playing, how do you stay in it? When uh, you're having a good day, how do you make sure you're not like losing yourself with results? And the same thing when you're having a bad day, how do you not lose yourself in results? That's a great question too. And th that is a tendency of mine is to focus too much on the results. And I've been working on that. It's hard not to, man. You know, you're, you're playing one of the most results oriented sports in the world you know where everybody looks at the leaderboard and says what place you're in and how many under par you are and it's really it's really hard to block that out but I think you just have to have faith in your process and you have to have a, a plan and you have to make disciplined decisions and stick to that plan every day that's basically all it is that that's that defines like my life I feel like it's just every day just making having the ability to manage your schedule and make the hard decisions and sacrifice things that you know you might enjoy doing in the present, but it might not necessarily be good for you in the future. I love that. That's something that uh, I hold close to myself as well. I kind of look at it as, you know, it's, it's very easy to want, uh, especially in college, want to go to that party, have that, have that drink, do all those extra things. Not that you can't do those things, but you do that consistently enough over time, especially in a game that's physically as demanding as golf, it can be hard to do. So when you're trying to implement discipline, what does it look like for your like daily routine? You say, you say discipline's important to me. It's how I get to where I am. And I just make sure that I do the right things day in and day out. What are those things you're doing day in, day out? to make sure you're on track? Well, I'm lucky where we have a good schedule here at Auburn. Um, for some people, it might not be the same case in school. Um, I have great advisors, great coaches that can help me with my time management. 
but from a day-to-day standpoint, it's uh, make, like, you know, working out. It's it's finding time to work out, do your classes, get all your work done for school, and then playing golf. And I found that even, like, another aspect, which I haven't touched on yet, is, like, maintaining relationships with your friends and your family. Like, that's probably the hardest thing for me right now is that, like, I'm balancing school, I'm balancing golf, I'm balancing my time in the gym, and I'm also trying to find time to balance relationships and things that are outside of school, golf, and in the gym. Because those three areas, like, I feel like I'm great in, but finding, like, taking 20 minutes out of your time to, like, call someone you care about, um, you know, like call a friend that you haven't talked to in a while and just make sure they're doing okay is definitely something I can work on. Yeah, it's just it's just tough. Like you just got to manage your time and you really have to be disciplined that you're not wasting any time, you know? Like, well, it's so easy nowadays for just to pull out your phone and spend 20 minutes on social media or, you know, look at Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. It's just so easy. So... What are some of the tangible things that you do to manage your time? Like, do you use a journal? Do you, you know, use a planner on your phone? Or how do you tangibly manage your time if you do anything at all? I would say I could get better in this area too. I have my whole practice routine like written out. So when I don't have anything to do with school or in the gym, I'd have like everything that I want to do when I get to the course like whether that's like usually it's like an hour of ball striking like an hour of wedges an hour of putting an hour of short game like I want to get those four things done I would say I don't I don't have a tangible obviously for the team I have a schedule that's like okay you need to be here like you're required to be here at a certain time you're required to be here at a certain time but for me personally like I don't I don't have anything that's tangible that I can just look at every morning and say like okay this is what I'm doing in my day. That's probably the next step for me, you know, like I like that journal that you keep as far as having your practice lined up every day. I think that's something tangible and good because a lot of guys uh having been there myself go out to the course and they're like, "Well, I guess I'm going to hit golf ball. I'm going to hit on the range until I feel good about right. it. I'm going to Hits, hit some pitches and some chips until I feel good about it. And then I'm going to hit some putts until I feel good about it. And then if I don't feel good about it, I'll spend all my time like trying to feel good about it. And you go home and at the end of the day, what you've most of the time accomplished is just feeling good about something, but not necessarily getting anywhere. So when you're on the range and you're practicing and you're uh, spending that hour on ball striking, how do you break it up? How do you make sure that you're getting productive practice with your time? I would say I split my ball striking up into a couple different categories. The first one I would say is my technical practice. Trying to, I'm not aimed at a target or anything. I'm just, I take out 20 or so balls and I'll split up my balls. So I'll have technical practice, competitive practice, and then random practice. And as I said, my technical practice is things that I'm working on with Scott, like different body motions, like where the club needs to be, any any of that technical, technical stuff. And I'll have, let's say, 10 or 15, 20 balls set aside for that. And then I'll have 10, 15, 20 balls set aside for competitive practice. And 
usually that's with gates. Like I'll take a nine iron, eight iron, seven iron, whatever club. I'll say, okay, like I'm envisioning, or we even have on a range here at Auburn, like from 150, we have gates that are set 20 feet apart from each other. And I'll just be like, okay, like I'm not going to leave here until I get nine out of 10 in between those gates. And then for my random practice, which is a lot I do with wedges, uh, we have wedge pods that from like 50 yards to 100 yards. So I'd be like, okay, like here's 20 balls. Let's hit like this one with a 54 degree, the 60 yard wedge pod. And then it doesn't really matter if I make it or miss it or not because it's random. So I'm moving on to the next yardage or club or whatever that may, may be. And so for the next shot, I'll take a 50 degree and go to the 100 yard pod. And the next shot, I'm taking a 60 degree and going back to the 50 yard pod. You know, just keeping things interesting and keeping things fun, um, I think is very important in my practice for full swing. Is there any sort of on-course practice that you do or does Auburn require that you guys do any on-course practice or is most of your practice kind of on the range there? We we do have play days and we do a lot of on-course stuff and our we do qualify a lot, but I'd say we don't we a lot of our stuff is on our own, so if I want to go do on-course practice, it's it's really convenient here. We're we're very lucky to have access to five different golf courses all within 15 minutes of the facility. And they're relatively, you know, available anytime. So I can just call them, say I want to be out there in an hour, and then just go in a cart and just play as many holes as I want. And I think that's I think that's great, and I think that's really important. But, yeah, that's how I get most of my on-course practice done is if I, let's say I finish my practice and I want to go play nine holes, like I'll just go over here to AU Club, which is, I, I mean, I can walk to the first tee from here and I'll hop in a cart and go play nine holes. And it's it's really easy. And I can just play two balls, play three balls. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's amazing the f- type of facilities we have down here. So that's, yeah, I'd say that's how I get my on-course practice in. Kind of switching gears to, you talked about how one of your strengths is your mental game. And one of the most common things that I hear from guys that are looking to turn pro is, mental barrier of going low and you have broken multiple 54 hole scoring records first of all you broke the state m scoring record you shot minus 18 and then you shot you broke the auburn scoring record shot minus 17 for 54 holes what has allowed you to go low in those tournaments and what do you think is a good way to mentally approach a tournament round when you need to go low i think you have to approach when you're playing a course that you know there's going to be a lot of birdies and a lot of people who are going to have low rounds you have to have a lot of confidence i mean honestly any course you play you have to have a lot of confidence um i'd say that's the most important thing and i feel like i've always been such a great putter like the courses that allow for a lot of birdies like it's typically easier to hit the green and then like from on the green it's just you know I'm just making the putt when when you when you really have it going and you you you're you're sitting at like three four or five under par you can't it's easy for me to say like but you you can't let up you know you have to keep coming because you don't know you don't know if one shot's gonna count or not you know um because every shot does count and you are going to make mistakes, but if you really have something going for you, like 
just keep the pedal to the metal and keep doing what you're doing and trust in each swing and trust in each shot and having complete confidence in everything you do um, and not having any fear is a big thing. That mirrors something that uh, we talked with Lenny Fry about and she kind of said that she kind of has learned to roll with just roll with how the round is going it, when it's go when it's going good you don't question when things are going good you try to stay in it you try to stay focused but you don't say oh when's the next mistake going to happen when am i when is something going to go wrong you just try to stay in it and uh keep pushing there when it comes to getting to into those tournament rounds and just tournaments in general what have you noticed as far as high school to college High school tournaments are different. Like an AJGA has probably prepare you pretty well, but what was what's it been like? You know, playing in these high level tournaments, and what tournaments have made you feel nerves when you're playing them, and how do you react when you feel those nerves? Well, first of all, I think the setups are a lot more challenging in college than they are in high school. You know, the pins are tucked closer to the edges, the courses are longer, the roughs higher, fairways are t- everything. Um, is harder about a college tournament. I would say I, f- I feel nervous every time I, every time I play in a tournament. You know, because for me, like that's what I play golf for is to feel that. Like if I didn't feel that, I don't think I'd play golf. I just love I love feeling that little tingle sensation or whatever you want to call it. Just that excitement, like that gets me going. Like that's I feel like that's the reason I, I like that. That's what I live for, honestly. NCAA's I felt that. At regionals, definitely you feel that, you know, when you got to be in that top five to go to nationals. Yeah, I mean, honestly, every every time I just, especially when you're in contention and you really get, you really want it that badly, you feel it, and it's about it's the best feeling in the world. With those nerves, a lot of people have echoed what you said. And, you know, they like feeling the nerves, they like being excited, but they also you have to manage the nerves to make sure you don't get caught up living too far in the future or if something goes wrong, living too far in the past. And a lot of the ways people do that, I know, is through routines. They'll have a routine that they run through before the round or some sort of, not superstition for the lack of a better word, but like a continual process that they go through. Is there anything that you do to try to make sure, hey, like when you step on that first tee, we, we talked with Jacob Cook one time, he said, you know, there, there are rounds that I feel 100% pre- prepared when I step on the tee. What do you do to make sure, like, that's not something that's possible all the time, but when you get on that first tee, is there a routine that you run through beforehand so that when you're there, you're like, hey, I've been here before, like, done this a million times, like, I feel a little nervous, it's it's okay, but I've done these things, and so I know that I'm here and ready to play. Yeah, I try to calm myself down a lot with my breathing, um, and typically before my rounds, I'll meditate for five or 10 minutes um, because I just get so amped up that, I'll, you know, like I, I don't think I'll be able to hit, hit a ball if I just didn't focus on my breathing and meditate. And it really slows me down when I do that and keeps things in perspective and keeps me in the present and on the course when I notice that kind of thinking about the future too much, um, I just kind of look down at my feet and say like, you know, this is where we are. Like, this is, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Like, let's focus on what we're doing right now and everything will take care of itself. Uh, but yeah, I'd say my breathing for sure. When you're focusing on your breath and when you're meditating, is there a specific meditation 
that you're doing? Is there a specific program you're following? What exactly are you focusing on or using as an aid? Because for like for example, I use a meditation aid, uh, waking up. I want to meditate every day. And that just helps guide me. And especially like when it catches me living too far in one direction or the other, um, it catches me. Is there any particular thing you use or is it just more focus on the breath and try to sense yourself being present? I'd say it's it's more focusing on my breath and trying to just focus on – I'm focusing on my breath, but I'm trying to like – like I'm trying to achieve – the sensation or the feeling of absolute like nothingness. I'm basically just trying to find like that peace that'll calm me down and get me ready to take on the challenge that I have in front of me. So when I'm meditating, like obviously there'll there'll be thoughts of the round or whatever else might be going on in my life that kind of like come in and I just try to like, you know, see those for how they are and then I just like let them let them pass. Along with that mental meditation, you mentioned that you have a routine, a physical pre-shot routine that helps you stay in the present and um, be mindful. Is there a, a mental routine that you go through along with this physical routine or are there different things that you tell yourself um, when, you know, just walking into the shot? So like my routine for a shot is typically like first I'll assess the lie. Um, and then kind of figure out like how how is this ball gonna play like a normal yardage or is it gonna play different like based on the wind, the elevation, and the lie. And then once I figure that out, I'll pick the right club. And then I really try to focus on my visualization when I'm standing behind the ball, like what like how I want the ball to, you know, fly. So I'm focusing on like how high it's gonna be, like which way it's gonna curve, how it's gonna land on the green, and then. When I'm over the ball, I'm just I just try to get I try to focus it on my target is basically all I'm trying to do. And then I keep I just keep telling myself like just focus on your target, like don't worry about your swing, just focus on your target and everything else will take care of it take care of itself. I try to keep it as simple as possible. Speaking of, of your target when you're on the course, is there a system that you use to come up with a target? And how do you come up with targets both off the tee and into the greens. Um, I'll try to pick the tar- the smallest target as possible. It's like off the tee. It's usually it's 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 always something in the distance. Um, it's not usually the like a a part of the fairway or the fairway. It's usually something online where with where I want the ball to end up. That's just in the background. Whether it's like a tree or a leaf or a bush, um, and then uh, into the greens. It's it's kind of the same thing, and I. I'll try to focus on like not just the flag stick, but like the very top of the flag stick or the flag itself, and that's that's all I'm thinking about. So when I when I step up to a tee shot or an iron shot or really any shot, I'm I like I don't even see the ball. I just I just see where I want the ball to go. When it comes to being in college and playing at that level, you know, there's a lot going on, but you also have the nice resources of having coaches there who can help kind of guide you and provide sort of provide some experience and some stability. What have you learned from your coaches at Auburn and what have you, what did you, what would you, what do you wish you would have known when you were a junior that you've learned from them since then? I think from our head coach, Nick Kleinert, I've learned a lot about my swing um, and like the, like mechanics, um, 
from him, I've learned a lot about managing my time and even even more about working hard and why why I'm working hard and what I wanna what I wanna do. And then from Chris Williams, who's been a great addition to our team, I feel like I've learned about a lot about on course scoring, um, how to manage your ball. And like it might not be like something big, but it might be just something like, okay, like we just played four events in the fall and we're kinda like going back over like the shots ahead and he might be like, Okay, like you were in trouble here and you made double bogey when you could have had a chance at par or you know, or made bogey at worst. So it's kind of just those things. And then another great addition we've had this year is Buddy Alexander. I would say that's the person recently who I've kind of been talking about the mental game with the most just because he's been around golf his whole life and seen many different tour pros and coached college golf for over 30 years. So yeah, he's he's been great for us. Mentioning your coaches and assessing, you know, the fall season, in tournament rounds. You guys won three out of four tournaments as a team. So what are how do you guys assess that season? It was obviously a great season, but how do you guys assess that season for going forward? And how do you guys assess individual rounds and individual tournaments? Yeah, obviously we had a great fall. All the guys were excited to see that we were ranked number one, but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change what we're trying to do here. Our our goal is to win a national championship, and if we can just try to strive, if we can try to do things that will help us reach that goal every day. As I assess the fall season, it's just, yeah, we had a great fall, like, but that's what we expect of each other. We expect of each other to go out and win. Like, we're not showing up to these tournaments to finish second, you know. And the coach, the coach isn't expecting that either. We all expect to win. And so it doesn't it doesn't really come as a surprise that we won three out of the four. Honestly, we should have won four out of the four. <laughs> but um yeah, it's just we just have to build on it going into the spring is all. And um we're in a great position now. We got really, really close knit group of guys. Um, they're all like brothers to me and we're all playing great. So That is cool. When it comes to one side of uh, college golf and that's recruiting or like being or and getting people to come to your school, not anything specific about recruiting. So I think there's NCAA rules about that maybe, but more to the fact, like I can remember when we had recruits coming to Belmont, there are guys that uh, would come in and they'd be nice and they'd be good golfers, but they wouldn't be the right culture fit. Uh, And I can remember specific several instances of that. And guys, you know, having an attitude, like if a, if a guy was, you know, not cool to his parents, uh, we took note of that and we're like, man, like if he's going to be mean to his parents, like how's he going to treat the people that didn't bring him into this earth? Uh, when it comes to like having teammates around you that can push you, that's important for being a culture fit at Auburn. What have you really valued as far as, you know, having your teammates around you and what they bring to the table for you? I'd say the biggest thing is we're always looking out for each other. Um, we're always like, you know, like if we notice one of the guys are down, we're like, you know, we'll, we'll check on them. We'll be like, hey, man, like, is everything okay? Like, do you want to talk? Um, and we can trust each other. Like, if I tell, 
if I tell someone, if I tell someone anything, like I know I can trust him to keep my word, you know, and that's a big thing is, is trust between your teammates. Um, I think without trust, like you don't, you don't really have that, you know, camaraderie and chemistry. Um, but the guys are a lot of fun. We, en- we just enjoy, we enjoy hanging out together. Um, we enjoy laughing together. We enjoy eating together. We just enjoy doing everything together. And there's not like, there's not one thing that I, you know, if I wouldn't go do with the guys just because it's so much fun being around with them. But yeah, trust, trust is kind of like what takes our group of guys just to a different level. It's just because like, I, I feel like I can talk to those guys about anything. That is cool. That's something that, you know, every now and then, at least for Cooper and I in college, like you'll find maybe one person or two people you can talk about to have a whole team of brothers is so, something special when it comes to hanging out with them. You know, you play golf together, you do all the, all these things together. And then you get to the off season. A lot of times people take not like a big break, but they're like, all right, like I'm going to take a little bit of break. So you've talked about how, you know, you've got to manage school. Uh, you got to manage golf. You got to manage working out and you got to manage personal relationships when you're not playing golf and doing all that, what do you do for fun to try to kick back and relax and like make sure that you're not like thinking about golf or obsessing over it? Um, well, I would say watch some Auburn football, but that hasn't been much fun this season. Yeah, but you know, the basketball season's coming up soon, so I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun then. No, but just any, like any, t- well, we have a golf house. Um, so anytime we go over there, just, you know, we'll text in the group chat, like, it might be a weekend, like a Friday night or a Saturday night, we'll just like, we'll text each other and be like, hey, like, bring the ping pong table because like, we're going to have some matches against each other or something like that, you know, like, anything that's fun that just gets, gets everyone together and, um, you know, enjoying each other's company. Do you win a lot of your ping pong matches because you're so competitive? I, I win most of them. Uh, we got a couple kids on our team. Brennan Valdez is really good. And Evan Vaux is pretty good. Um, but I might squeak in a win every so often against them too. That is cool. I can remember, again, uh, I can remember like my first, I think it was my first day of uh, college golf. We were out practicing and I was injured at the time, so I wasn't doing much. But we had a, not a golf house like you have, but there was a place that we had that had a ping pong table there and whole team was, you know, sitting around playing against each other. and. I still I still have a video of a guy just ripping uh ripping a perfect smash across the net. My other teammate can't respond and everyone going crazy about it. Uh so th- those are those are memories that don't that you don't forget. Beyond just like hanging out with your teammates, there's playing in tournaments with your teammates and when you're playing in tournaments with them, um you finish up a round, you get back in the van, you kind of said that you help each other out when you're down. What do you try to do to make sure that your teammates are like focused, focused on what they need to be focused on and not like, you know, too down on themselves because bad days happen and your teammates. So you don't want to like, it's very easy. We've talked about a lot on here. It's easy for someone to go out there and shoot 78 and say, Hey, I'm Daniel hammer in 78. The the cool thing about team golf is you could have a round, you could have a round where you go out and shoot 78, but then, you know, have the next day or, it doesn't matter, you know. You're you're playing for your team. You can go out and shoot a score and have it count and have it 
contribute to the team's success. So anytime one of us has a bad round, like we're not really worried about it. Like we know we know what we're capable of and we have so much of belief in one one another. Like we know that, you know, if someone had a bad round, like they're just gonna go out the next day and, you know, do their thing and try to contribute a score to the team. That makes sense. When it comes to putting up scores, we've kind of talked about we kind of glossed over though some of the bigger tournaments that you played and not just in your college season, but beyond the college season. I think your freshman, uh, between your freshman and uh, sophomore year, you played in the USAM at Oakmont and reached the round of 16, if I'm not mistaken. What was it? What's it like? You know, what's the difference between playing in college events where you have your team there to support you and when you're playing in these uh, elite events where your college team isn't there, uh, they might like your teammates might be around, but they're not there to support you. What's it What's it like playing in that, and how do you kind of adjust for that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different, but I'd say, I'd say, uh, like the tournaments I go to in the summertime, like I'm so close with the guys on the team. If they're playing, like I'm staying with them, you know. So it's not that much different. Like I'm not, yes, I'm not playing for Auburn necessarily, but I'm still with those guys and I'll see those guys at the tournaments and like, you know, have fun with them and stuff. But for the tournaments that they're not there, it's just, you know, I'm just so, I'm, I've always been so focused on what I'm trying to do um, that I, I don't really, I don't really think about it. It's just, you know, I'm going out there and just, I'm playing a round of golf and I'm trying to do it as well as I can. I want to go back to high school and you know, a big problem for Kentucky junior golfers is what do I do in the wintertime? And so I'm sure you had a good winter practice routine slash workout routine. And I'd like to hear what you did to prepare yourself for college and for those, you know, high level junior tournaments that you were getting ready for in the summer. Yeah. So when I was younger, LCC did not have anything indoor. They now have like a really nice simulator. But when I was younger and I was a junior golfer, I was just like, let's go embrace it. Like it didn't matter how cold it was, like 30 degrees, 20 degrees. It didn't matter. Like I'd throw on just an, just them an, enough clothing so I could just so I could, you know, barely get that backswing finish it. I just go out and play like. I remember sometimes I'd be so miserable out there and like questioning my entire existence and just like almost crying. But I was just like, you know, like I just look around and be like, no one else is out here. No one else wants it as bad as me. Like, this is awesome. You know, I'm just doing something that's going to make me stronger and build those calluses on my mind. Um, and like, I was lucky that I kind of realized that from an early age. Because if I didn't do those things, like I don't think I'd be where I am now. But as I got older, as I I think when I turned seventeen, we finally got a little net in the back of the uh, <laughs> the bag room, and then I I was just I think I just hung out in there for most of the winters. But um, yeah, when I was younger, it was just embrace it, you know. And then when I, when I was like twelve and eleven and thirteen, like out. You know how in like middle school, like it's like weird if you wear pants, kind of. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how it was in my middle school. So I would just show up in shorts and like three jackets, and they'd be like, "What the hell are you doing out here? It's twenty five degrees, and you're in shorts." I was just like, 
I'm not wearing pants. That's weird. But yeah, just kind of embracing it. And like, it was kind of that mindset, like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So That's smart. I can remember uh, I had a turning point in my head. I mean, most people don't like to play in the rain for one reason or another. Partway through, I can't, I can't remember how old I was. I think it was like high school or college. I was like, honestly, it's kind of just like I'm going swimming, but with my clothes on. So there's really nothing to fear. So whatever, whenever, even now, like I go out in the rain or something like that, I'm like, oh, just like I'm swimming, but I got my clothes on and I got a dryer that can take care of that. I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's very true. I would say I'm a little spoiled now just being in Auburn. Um, it doesn't get mm-hmm. that cold here and I have the hitting base if I need to. But um, I feel like if I hadn't gone through that when I was younger and just kind of like that process, like mental fortitude, I, I would not be where I am today. I get that. I mean, people who aren't used to it will say things about it. We've been at tournaments for Cooper and I, and someone will say, I've heard a guy say, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a real, I'm not much of a wind player. And, uh, it was a college golfer. I was like, dude, like there's going to be wind. Welcome, welcome to fall and spring golf. You're going to have to deal with this all the time. Uh, whether you're a wind player, wind player or not, you're going to have to get used to it blowing this fast. And it it wasn't even, uh, that bad. So having those mental calluses are nice to go back to, um, we appreciate you taking the time. The last question we ask every guest is if you go back to yourself as a junior golfer and tell yourself just one thing, what would that one thing be? Well, I did a good job um, staying away from girls, so I couldn't say anything about that. I'd probably play play a little more. Play more instead of spending as much time on the range as I did. I like that. There's, only, there's so many rounds. I mean, you're still playing competitively, uh, but – at the end of the day, like it's all, it's always nice a, to just have played more and it's, it's more fun a lot of times than just, than just practicing. I, I like that. And I like the, I like the comment about girls too, because for guy golfers, uh, there's the general statement, especially in high school, you'll see it's like, there's three things that can really kill your golf game. And that's, uh, girls, drugs, and alcohol. Uh, you have too much of any of them and it could be a problem. And some people, uh, who we, who we know have hit the trifecta on those. Uh, so it's it's important to avoid that. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, where can people, if they want to reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you on social media, where can they find you? On Instagram at uh, jm.butler. And then, yeah, just be watching um, Auburn Golf in the spring because we're going to be ready. Thanks for joining us today. Please do us a big favor and like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so we can help others learn how to play better tournament golf you can find us online at thetournamentcode.com on instagram at the tournament code and on twitter at tournament code as always feel free to reach out to us at those places or email us at daniel at the tournament code.com and cooper at the tournament code.com we hope you join us as we continue to dive deeper into what it takes to play elite tournament golf